Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Echo Podcast. Just to introduce myself, my name is Ravan and my co-host is Joyce. Hey guys. And today we're joined by a very special guest, Bestie. Can you please introduce yourself? Hi everyone, great to be here. Thank you very much. Um, my name is Bestie. I'm the Pre-Accelerator Program Manager at UNSW Founders and we help um, people build startups from an, any stage of their journey. Right, so thank you for being here today. So can you tell us a bit about UNSW Founders Program? Sure, so um, at UNSW Founders, we help um, build entrepreneurship um, through uh, mindset, networks, and capability. Um, So we have a whole range of different initiatives. We have um, foundation courses, so if you want to learn about design thinking, rapid prototyping, um, lean methodology, for example, we have hackathons, Um, we do course integrations with the university. Um, Then we also have um, uh, programs very specific to early stage, so like the pre-accelerator, so you may just have an idea Um, want to learn how to develop that into a product, take it to market, get your first users and customers, and then even learn a little bit about business models and um, capital raising. Um, We also have um, a program specifically for females called New Wave. And then we also have two accelerator programs, um, one that's health-focused and one that's agnostic. And we invest in those startups. So we invest $20,000 and we take them through really intensive program. <laughs> On top of that, we've got um, the makerspace where you can come and prototype. We've got Coach and Connect. Um, we've got an alumni program. Uh, we've got, um, yeah, just global program. Whole range of things, whole range. So I could talk for ages. <laughs> okay, so um, what is your personal experience of UNSW Founders Program, like how did that personally help you in like your career and like your, I guess, business aspect of your life? Yeah, definitely. So I, I love this job because every day I'm learning. Um, startups, having a business, um, you need to learn so many different um, subjects and learn about so many different industries. So um, you'll learn about the legal aspect and you'll learn about finance and you'll learn about marketing and you'll learn about design and um, yeah, you'll we'll be learning about ag tech, med tech, um, sports tech, like every everything. So every day I'm learning and we have um, speakers and mentors come in um, from different industries as well just doing presentations, ask me anything sessions. Um, so yeah, it's, it's great for personal growth and um, also for myself. So I, I studied industrial design, um, which is like product design. Um, and it, I've been able to build on my um, business skills by coming into the founders program as well and investing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, I guess, you know, you've been into like multiple, like. In, there's multiple programs in UNSW, but like, can you tell us what makes a successful startup through the program? Like, how to stand out in front of everyone else? How to be a successful startup? Wow, <laughs> <laughs> big question. That is a very big question. Um, I think a big part of it um, comes from the founders themselves, that mindset aspect that I um, mentioned that we help support. So the soft skills. So you've really got to love 
the startup, the problem that you're solving. Um, you have to be connected to it and because startups are really, really hard um, and you're going to have days where there's rejection, people telling you no and it's not a great idea. You really want to be able to um, keep pushing through no matter what and you might have to change and pivot and change your strategy but um, as long as you're obsessed with your startup and you love it, that will that will come through and that will help you um, succeed. Um, as well as obviously having like different skill sets, the team, um, if you have diverse um, complementary skills that will help um, you succeed. If you've got domain expertise as well, we have so many amazing um, people at the university doing PhDs and um, have, have worked in different industries. So we help students and alumni as well. Um, what else successful? So uh, you might have a, a, a technology that could have uh, a that could be it could be like a novel idea. So um, sometimes, like you have, you kind of have to look at the market and you have to look at your competition as well. There are a lot of things that are being done already. What are you doing that's unique, that's different, what's better than what's already out there? Um, of course, something that the market actually needs, what people want. So a lot of the time. Um, you might be having a problem, but it doesn't mean that other people out there are having the problem. So you really have to validate that, talk to your customers um, and, and really um, validate that this is something that people are going to pay for. So um, yeah, I think that's, that's actually the number one reason why startups fail. It's because the market doesn't need it. Um, so those are just a few, few things. <laughs> do you reckon that a startup always needs to solve a problem or do you think they can better a solution that's already out there? If you're bettering a solution that's already out there, I mean, a solution is always going to be solving a problem in some way. So it will still be solving that problem, I guess, better than somebody else. Um, I think, yes, it can, it can definitely, like Facebook wasn't the first um, uh, social platform. Um, there, were, there was like Friendster, MySpace. Um, there, a lot of things have actually been done before. Um, but yeah, it, it, you really have to do it so much better. So there's this concept that if you're making it cheaper, it needs to be like 10 times cheaper. If it's going to be faster, it's going to be 10 times faster. Because somebody else can always come in and do it as well. So um, I think, yes, you can definitely improve on what's out there for sure. Just, yeah. Okay, so if me and Rafan was to start our own startup and we wanted to pitch it to you, mm -hmm. using your concept of, you know, we really need to do like market research and really sell our product. So how, what will we do in our pitch to stand out? Like what information will we put in our pitch and mm -hmm. how do we convince investors to come to us? Sure. So there's a pretty standard pitch that um, a lot of people do in general at pitch competitions and um, at Demonite. So it's a three minute pitch and there's a, there's a deck which um, anybody can go and find online. Um, there's about 10 slides. There's the problem, the solution, the product. Um, the size of the market, the competition, there's usually traction, but you can, that's kind of like your progress, but you can do that throughout as well. There's one on your team, um, and you definitely want to have um, one that's an ask as well at the end. Um, that's just your standard pitch deck. One for investors is longer, and I'll have your financials on as well. Sorry, the other one also will have your business model, how you make money. Can't forget that one. That's actually a big one that a lot of startups, they, um, they forget to add, how you'll actually make money. Um, and so you can, you can use that pitch deck format um, 
in the way that best suits your business. So you might have different strengths. Um, you might have a really, really strong team. You might want to bring that to the start of your pitch because you want to um, uh, promote your credibility and authority in that space early on um, so that everything else that you say in the pitch is, um, is also really trusted as well. So, um, yeah, I would definitely look at that um, slide deck um, and, and try and uh, approach each of those sections um, in the best way that you can. Um, yeah, and like I said, the investor deck, that'll have um, financial projections. It'll also um, uh, look at how you'll be using the money that you're, that you're trying to raise and also mitigating as many risks as you can as well. So at the end of the day, for investors, it's, it's going to be very risky for them. And if you can um, mitigate any of their, their concerns, then that's, that's a big factor, yeah. One thing I was wondering was when I had to give my pitch for my startup with my friends is I was the head of finance and it was like really awkward to discuss the finances of the business in a pitch and make it sound interesting and like digestible because one thing I was talking about was like oh, our product costs twelve thirty seven a unit and we're selling at $35 which is so-and-so profit and it's all these decimal numbers how do we handle the finances within a pitch? Yeah, so there are a few different ways to do it, but um, you can put, if when it starts getting like that, I'd probably put it in an appendix when you're really getting down to the, um, the, the finer details of it. Like you can do your business model like quite simply. So Airbnb, they might say um, the average um, revenue per, per stay is a hundred dollars a night um, and they have this many users and therefore say they've got 80,000 users therefore their um, annual revenue is a hundred times 80,000 so there's you can yeah so what I was trying to say by the startup metrics is like you can use like monthly based on your business model so is it like the monthly recurring revenue is it your um, yeah annual recurring revenue is it um, your lifetime value for the customer is it the um, uh, yeah there's there's like there's like a whole list of them. <laughs> um, I guess we were talking about um, market research earlier on. So like, what is I mean a lot of people when they hear market research, like, what do you mean? Do I just search online and just find like reasons? Like, how does people conduct their market research mm -hmm. for it to be effective and like kind of get the information they want? Yeah, I think with any idea in the initial stages, you can go online and try and find out as much information as you can about that specific um, problem that you're trying to solve. Um, there's a lot of reports out there, um, like IBIS reports and whatnot, where you can see, um, just collect like lots of um, data and research about that space. Um, and you can also do market research by going into um, like, um, forums like Quora um, where people ask questions and so you can see if other people are also having that problem um, and Reddit and like all those kind of sites because people are chatting about all different kinds of products and issues and things so you can either ask um, others about it or you can see what they're searching as well. Um, then there's other ways that you can search there's like through um, SEO there's like um, 
yeah, there's like a whole different bunch of tools where you can see what the most um, searched like um, terms and things are. Wow, so I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you, you can see that. But then on top of that, you definitely want to create like, you want to interview people. So you want to figure out who your um, users are and you want to talk to them and learn about their world and see if that's um, going to be a, like a problem that they're facing. Um, some people do surveys as well. Um, but yeah, so there's like lots of ways that you can find qualitative research as um Sorry, um, yeah, qualitative and quantitative as well. So definitely do interviews, surveys, Google things, forums, yeah. Um, well, bringing back to pitching, what do you think is something everyone struggles with when pitching? Mm -hmm. And what do you think the most common first mistakes are when people are giving their first pitch? Mm -hmm. Uh, I find across the board, the th one of the things that people really struggle with is actually keeping to three minutes because there's so much that you want to put on all those slides, understandably, um, and, and trying to figure out like what to keep in there and what not, um, what to remove, I think, uh, yeah, is quite hard. You just need to know when to cut the fat and what are the key points and how to be really just succinct with all of your points. Um, you don't want to cover your, your slides in lots and lots of text. You want to keep it, um, yeah, our product does this for this customer in this way. Like, it's just really, really simple. Um, another thing that people struggle with, I guess, um, is backing up everything that they're kind of saying, especially if in the early days um, when you don't have a lot of traction, um, it's kind of hard to convince people that this idea is going to work. Um, so what I mean is by traction is, um, so if you've got any users or customers or partners, people who have got like, um, given you like a letter of intent um, or MOUs, that kind of thing, it's, it's hard to prove that people are willing to use it and pay for it. Um, so that can, that can be a challenge sometimes, but um, yeah, by, again, by using like survey results or um, even you could do, um, there's different tricks to coming up with your prototype where you can do like a sign up page, pre-sales, things like that. So you can, you can still prove that people want it without having to actually sell it. But yeah, that traction piece is really, really important on the pitch deck. It's like almost having a resume and saying all of these, th you can do all these things, but not actually saying like how you can do those things. So um, yeah, definitely that as well. And, and the, the business model thing, um, you can have a great idea, but then if, if you can't show how you're going to make money and how that's going to be a sustainable business, I think also, um, yeah, that can be tricky. And how, how would a pitch differ from like a presentation? Because I think there's like a fine line maybe and people don't know the difference between one or the other. And is there a difference? Yeah, I think so. Actually, one more thing I thought people sometimes don't use everyday language on their in their pitching. So um, especially if they do have that deep um, industry um, knowledge, they use a lot of jargon and they use a lot of like scientific terms and things that other people just don't understand. So you might be speaking to a really, really intellectual person, but because they're not from your world, they they might not like it's very often where somebody will turn to the person next to them and be like what what are they actually like doing so use as much everyday language as you can um 
sorry, difference between a presentation and a pitch. Yeah. So one of the things that sometimes people, they don't have an ask at the end. So um, what, what's the point in doing a, a pitch if you're, if you're not trying to get something out of it, an outcome? So really think, are you, are you looking for connections? Are you looking for or to raise money? Are you looking for people to sign up to your social media or check out your website? There's always something that you could probably put at the end. And um, I think with the pitch, you really need to think of that what that outcome is. Um, I think it's probably similar with the presentation, to be honest, but maybe the the pitch has that more of a objective. Yeah. yeah. It's more like persuading, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rather than just showing. Yeah. It's trying to bring that person on board, yeah. Yeah. All right, so, like... Um, but why would student? Why do you think students should join startups instead of like joining a grad job in the future? Like, why should they, um, you know, experience a startup? Yeah, definitely. Um, being part of a startup, like I mentioned before, is such an amazing learning opportunity, and um, you you will really learn so many different aspects of. Um, yeah, running a business, which can be applied in different places. So that whole problem solving, critical thinking, um, it, it, there's a lot of soft skills that you learn um, that can be transferable to anything that you do. Um, and I think employees really see that. So um, when you have a startup, you have to think for yourself. You're, you're your own CEO, in a sense. So you have to um, make your own decisions. You have to show initiative. You have to yeah, be able to, um, yeah, drive it yourself um, and and um, be able to talk with people. Communication is, a, I mean, we're talking about pitching today. Um, if you're able to pitch your startup, you're going to be able to pitch and do nail any presentation in any job afterwards if you can do it really, really effectively. Um, you're always going to be trying to do, um, like, when you have a startup, um, sales, um, even just like working well with the team, um, the, the people that you have your startup with, um, you, you really have to know how to get along so that that is a successful startup that's really beneficial later on as well. So, um, like, have you have any like stories of how startup helped your career? Um, I think if I didn't do my startup, I wouldn't have gotten into the whole startup space. So. Um, when I graduated, well, in my final year, there was a competition um, to design a mathematical toy for children. So a preschool um, collaborated with my subject. <laughs> um, and I, I, it was like a $500 competition. I won it. Um, and then they approached me afterwards and said, like, we actually want you to make this toy for us. Um, and so I was like, this is great. Oh, let's, let's give it a crack. Um, and I'd watched a whole bunch of, um, I'd watched like a documentary about Kickstarter and, uh, which is like a crowdfunding platform. And that seemed like a really cool thing to do. So I thought, um, I would design this toy. I mean, sorry, I designed the toy, um, and to actually put it out into the world, um, I would do a, a crowdfunding campaign. So I um, raised $20,000 with that and I made over 200 sets and had customers in like Puerto Rico and the United States, everywhere. It was a really cool experience. Anyway, um, <laughs> later on, um, I worked in a, a co-working space um, for startups. So I worked at Macquarie University Incubator. I also worked in Germany in a co-working space with startups there. And I'm pretty sure they saw on my resume that I had um, had my own thing in the past to actually then 
work with these other startups and then I started working here. So it all led to it in the end. Um, what do you think the first steps someone should take when they want to be involved in startups or specifically starting their own business? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess different people come in at different points into our programs. Um, but everyone starts with an idea at one point. Um, yeah, I think doing that market research is important at the start. See what else is out there if it's it's if it's been done, um, if it's something that people might want, um, then go out and talk to people. One thing that people get really scared of um, when they have this great idea is actually sharing it with anybody because they think other people are going to steal it. That is like one of the biggest things that comes up when people come to our programs. They don't even want to tell us about it um, because they think that somebody's going to steal it. Um, one time, actually, we had a coach and connect. One team didn't want to share it, and then it turned out another team in the room had the same idea. But anyway, um, it all comes down to execution at the end of the day. It's um, it's when it's so early on, It's and everyone's so busy with their own stuff anyway, it's very, very unlikely that somebody's going to steal it. But um, yeah, share your idea, talk to people um, and, and, and I guess go there, come to the Founders Program. <laughs> and what do you think some of the most important things to remember when you're giving that important pitch? Some of the most important things to remember. Um, so there are a diff- few different elements to it. So I think it's really important to use as much logic as you can, obviously, in your in your pitch. Um, use numbers, talk through numbers, people, yeah, back, back it up. But then also it's really important to have an emotional side to it as well. You really need to connect with the heart as well as the head. Um, even with investors, you'll you'll find that there is a very, there's still an emotional aspect to it. Um, and a lot of that is done through storytelling as well. So, um, People connect with stories and even like in the way that you're talking about your problem, you really want people to feel that pain Mm -hmm. and so that they connect with what you're doing because like I said, not everyone, you want people to relate to the problem so that the presentation's pitch (laughs) is really engaging. Um, And then when it comes to the solution, you almost want it to be like this hallelujah, like, wow, I'm so glad that you came up with this because that was so painful what you talked me through before. Like, this is amazing. Why doesn't this exist already? So you want them to, like, tell a story and and that includes as well why you are solving that problem. You want to start with your why. Um, I don't Most people have probably heard of Simon's next why by now. Um, you really want to, um, yeah, share that story of why you had that startup as well. So, um yeah, definitely. And then your presentation as well, the way that you, not just your slides, um, the way that you as a presenter um, come across, like the passion has to come through, um, change the way that you use your voice. Um, don't try and read off like a, a script. Um, you can do that at the start, but you want to not be looking like you're you're reading those things. Like you really need to... Um, yeah, practice and, um, and try and be engaging with your audience as well. I think for someone who's maybe starting their own startup or looking to start one, what would be some advice you would give to them about starting their own business? Yeah, there's a lot of um, resources out there now and programs, again, like the founders, I think are really helpful because 
each week, like in the pre accelerator, you're you're taken through the steps. So, um, what do you do when you've got this idea and you don't know where to go with it? We will show you um, ways to test it. So you might come up with a website, or you may come up with a mock-up, or you may come up with something else. And there's lots of tips and tricks to do it really quickly, cheaply. Um, you might not have any, well, most startups don't have any money at the start as well. There's ways that you can test it with people without going out because a lot of people say you're developing an app. You might have a great idea and then somebody goes and finds an app developer and then spend thousands of dollars on creating this thing and then it actually doesn't work at the end of the day. But right, like at the moment, I mean, you guys, oh, you guys are computer science engineers. You probably just make it yourself. <laughs> I forget who I'm talking to. <laughs> um, but actually, without spending a lot of time, I'm sure you guys all know like all the no-code tools that are out there now and ways that you can mock things up without um, um, developing the whole thing. So, um, yeah, sorry. Piece of wireframing. Wireframing. Like Figma. That's like a big one for startups. Like, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, okay, you guys know all this. <laughs> <laughs> but for a lot of other people, they actually, they, they really don't know. But um, so... Uh, then we might take you through the steps. Okay, well, we have that now. Like, how are you going to launch to market? What's your um, marketing strategy? What are the different channels? What are the paid, unpaid? I mean, yeah, earned, owned media. Um, how do you create, like, um, unique content? Um, yeah, there's, like, different sales strategies for B2B, B2C. There's basically join our program is what I'm saying, like, how to get started. But there's lots of things on there's So there is a lot online but also if you can find yourself a mentor we we encourage that or a coach um somebody that you can talk to and just kind of be like a sounding board for your ideas i think is really helpful and another reason why people like joining our programs is because there's a cohort so there's lots of other people like you in a similar um, stage who you can also bounce your ideas and um you get to meet founders as well who are a few steps ahead of you and talking to them and figuring out like what worked for them, what didn't, what mistakes did they make um, is also really, really helpful. Yeah, talk to as many founders, people who have actually done it. Go out there and figure out what, yeah, don't do the mistakes that they did, basically. <laughs> and maybe one final point is what's probably the best piece of advice you've ever received or something that someone's told you that's stuck with you over the years? Oh, <laughs> that one's really hard. Best piece of advice. I think, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I just have to think about that for a few seconds. Um. It's okay. Everyone who I've asked this question to has uh, struggled, sucks. but... Like an yeah, point. yeah, yeah. Um, one piece of advice. It sounds really simple, but... What's done is done. <laughs> What's in the past is in the past. So I think that to me means if some if you've made a mistake, move on. It's it's happened. Like there's a lot of failure that comes in startups. Mm -hmm. Um and you can get really upset with it and, and get down and um and think that it hasn't worked or um, yeah, basically get really upset, but how can you learn from it? How can you move on and how can you grow from what has happened? I think is way more powerful. So it's so simple. What's done is done, but that was actually been some of the best advice <laughs> I've ever, ever received. I think one piece of advice I heard this week was 
like he phrased it very like childishly but make thing make good so make whatever you want to make first then make it good after so just get the ball rolling just get it out there if it's bad it's bad but you can make it good and then you just keep that process over and over again yeah that's awesome i think reid hoffman so he's the co-founder of linkedin he said um if you're not embarrassed about what you've um put out then it's too late so it's basically kind of along those lines of just put something out there and then make it good um yeah don't don't try and perfect it before you do it so great advice nice <laughs> And I think uh, that's pretty much, uh-huh. unless Joyce had any other following up questions. I guess, okay, well, just to tie everything up, like, what is something that you have learned through your experience? I think a big part really is that mindset element. It's, you really have to be, yeah, very, very strong, strong willed. Um, have, a, have the right attitude um, when building a startup. You have to be coachable, willing to learn, um, be able to go through that emotional roller coaster of failure and, um, and winning and... Learning the emotional, <laughs> emotional side of you, like how to like, um, I guess, handle your emotions when you like re- get rejected, like what to feel and... Um, yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I think a lot with a lot of female founders that I've just seen and even for myself is that confidence. Mm. Confidence is really important. Like when you're pitching, a lot of people get really scared to um, stand up in front of a lot of people and talk about something that they've worked so hard on um, and then receive criticism or um, yeah, rejection. And so um, and people like even even that selling aspect of um like selling your product and your idea you're it, like people may not like it it's yeah. just that at the end of the day so um yeah I've, I've i've gotten a lot of confidence as well from from this space so it's good <laughs> i think maybe as a concluding point for myself is like most of our listeners are going to be people who are in the computer science world and i think it's important to for them to know that google facebook amazon atlassian they aren't everything you can delve into the world of startups and start your own business and there is a untapped potential that many people may have by going into this world so i think that's something a lot of our listeners should remember yeah absolutely be the next one (laughs) um so yeah i think that concludes everything that we wanted to talk to you with um so I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in for another episode of the Echo Podcast. I'd like to thank our special guest for coming in and providing a lot of insight and sharing her wisdom with all of us. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, so thank you everyone for listening and thank you for listening to another episode of the Echo Podcast.